You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are continuing our viral found footage series, closing it out with Lake Mungo from 2008. We're going to get into full details, everything we thought about this movie. Spoiler alert, we loved it. It's a really good found footage movie, and it was a delight to revisit. A delight? It was. We brought a lot of doom and gloom, so prepare to be in a mood uh, it was an <laughs> halfway um... through today's episode. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, the movie made me feel things. That's all I'm looking for in a movie. So I, it, it was a delight. It was a delight to be this depressed. <laughs> <laughs> How romantic to be dead. Before we get into it, though, Kim, you got three good things about Lake Mungo for anybody that hasn't seen it, hasn't Uh, heard of it? Absolutely. Part one. It's found footage. Fucking found footage. So leave your pretenses at the door and watch this like you're watching a documentary and fully immerse yourself in it and and trick yourself into believing it's real. If there are any horror movies that you can really uh, let yourself get scared by, it is found footage. And this film really plays out like a documentary and you can really get taken away by it and how it unfolds if you just pretend that it is. So let yourself treat this like it is Found footage. I think that's probably how it was uh, presented in the TikTok challenge. I think you're supposed to watch it believing that it's real. So that's definitely the right way to do it. Yeah. Number two, it's got a mystery. And it's a paranormally mystery. So if you're into like ghost hunting, if you were into, I would say, uh, movies like The Others or even Silence of the Lambs, where you're trying to get to an objective, you're trying to understand the final end goal and what it all means. Uh, Lake Mungo's got that. Okay, yeah, way more complex of a fan footage movie than I thought it was going to be. You're Absolutely, right. and you don't feel like you're on a mystery until all of a sudden you're on you're on this ride and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then part three we kind of touched on is I would say <laughs> that it makes you think. It's got it makes you think. <laughs> it's got no, it's got a really I guess emotional core and some really dark themes that. I don't know if anybody is going to come out of this without having to at least ruminate on them a little bit. It gets pretty, like, uh, existential in a way. So prepare to think things that you maybe, like, doors you have maybe closed and tried not to look into. (laughs) It's uh... death and dying and stuff. (laughs) But before we fall in too far into the doom and gloom, uh, we like to talk about what's uh, what's been going on in the horror world and specifically yours and mine. So, John, what's been keeping you creepy this week? We got a lot. We got a lot to cover here. And we're going to try, I promise, we're going to try and just slam this out real quick, real fast. <laughs> Prey came out. We haven't seen it yet. We're I'm watching it tonight. Really fucking excited to see this movie. I'm super stoked. Our TV broke today and we bought a new one. So it's going to christen the new TV. And I'm very excited. This is the way to do it. Yeah. Also, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies comes out in our region. Uh, I think it's already out in like, you know, like the hot markets where all the cool people are. And if you're a cool person, then I guess you've already seen it. Yeah, if you live on the east or west coast of the, <laughs> of the United States, you've probably already seen it. Yeah, but, but for the rest of us. So we're going to check that out tomorrow. And I'm very, 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 very fucking excited. I love 
I love the whole vibe. I'm very excited for like a gamey horror. Also just party. Like I don't know if it's a slasher, but it gives me like that kind of vibe where we're going to be picking people off one one by one. And I am stoked. Keep an eye out on Kim's Twitter account to, to see what she thinks about that one. Also, heads up, this week, coming to Netflix, if you don't want to go to the fucking movie theater, Day Shift. <gasps> That's this week? That is this fucking week. Oh. Jamie Foxx is like a John Wicky vampire hunter. I can't fucking wait. Snoop Dogg's in this movie. I'm so stoked. It looks amazing. Holy shit, we are being spoiled this week. Yeah, this is a, this is a good week. Last week, though, we were watching, we were still in the thick of Fantasia. We were uh, covering that festival remotely. A uh, whole shit ton of movies we covered. And we've also got a, we've, we also have a writer of ours, Chris. Uh, shout out to Chris, who's on the, he's on the streets in Montreal, watching all the <laughs> movies that we can't, because, uh, you know, they, they only played in theater. Uh, so, I mean, you know, head over to nofspodcast.com to check out all the reviews. We've got a few interviews as well uh, for all the movies that we covered there. Glorious is one of them, which was a really weird fucking movie. Yeah, that one's super trippy, and it's landing on Shutter very fucking soon. Yeah, I think next. I don't know why week. I had to swear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how, that's this kind of movie. It got me so excited. It's I'm dropping f bombs. It's kind of a Lovecraftian story. It's a really contained movie. It takes place inside one rest stop bathroom. I honestly, the less you know about it, the better. Yeah, just uh, no more no more of this description. <laughs> yeah, J.K. Simmons is in it. He's uh, he plays the voice of a mysterious person. Keep an eye out for this one on Shutter. It's coming soon. Another movie we really both enjoyed at the festival was Cult Hero. Uh, it's, oh, how do I even describe this film? Picture Dog the Bounty Hunter, and he busts cults. Yeah. Um, and he's a cult buster, and one day he busts a cult that happens to suicide on his watch, <laughs> and he becomes a has-been. His show is canceled, and so is he. So flash forward into the future, he teams up with the most unlikely person, a Karen realtor, and together they are trying to rescue her husband from a cult that he has joined. It is such a zany comedy, super fun. Um, there's also a ton of like gore and violence and stuff. So it's, like, yeah. I would say it's more comedy than horror, but it does not skimp on the horror. There's so much to love about this movie, and it is just a feel good movie through and through. Yeah. I don't, I haven't laughed at a movie so hard in a really long time, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, the, the oddball, goofy characters from start to finish. The lead guy um, is is like 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 a mix between uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter and Macho Man Randy Savage. He talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna bust these fucking cults. Um, but uh, the lead actress who who plays the Karen is incredible. She is so good. <laughs> she, she is the fucking funniest person oh, alive. She gets the Karen down. T- plus, even like Karen and a realtor. It's oh, it's such a gem. Yeah, Liv Collins. She's incredible in that movie. Um, but that's cult hero. And I don't know if we have a release date yet, but I'm I think Raven Banner will be releasing it. Yeah. So, so it's definitely coming out soon. It's gonna be real easy to get a hold of. They're the same people that uh, that put out Psycho Goreman. Is the is the biggest sell that I could give for that movie. But <laughs> But, I mean, it's, it's directed by Jesse Thomas Cook, who did Monster Brawl, which, if you're unfamiliar, is basically just like WrestleMania with all of your favorite Universal monsters. Yeah, that was a fun one, too. And The Horde from a few years ago, which was a riff on uh, Ghost Hunter reality TV shows. He makes a lot of great Canadian uh, indie horror movies. You should absolutely put this one on your watch list. 
the the last one that I want to recommend was, uh, was a Japanese movie called Missing. Uh, Kim didn't get a chance to see this one, which is a huge bummer because I think she would fucking love it. Also, kind Aww. of a kind of a sad movie. Like it's it's gonna make you feel sad and think about death and stuff. <laughs> uh, but it's a serial killer mystery. This was uh, this girl's father thinks that he's spotted a serial killer on the bus. There's a reward for any information that would lead to his whereabouts, and then when he goes to find that serial killer, he goes missing. So now she is left to look for her dad and also the serial killer. That is just the tip of the iceberg with this story. It is fucking wild. You you really delve into who the serial killer is, where he came from, what makes him tick. Uh, you learn more about every single character involved as time goes on. It is just like a fucking puzzle piece, like a chess match of a, of a movie. And um, I'm really pissed he didn't make me watch this. This sounds fantastic. I kept trying. We've just been so goddamn busy. There has not been enough time to watch all of the good movies in the world. We still haven't seen Prey. The entire world is like, oh my God, greatest movie ever. I've oh. watched it five times and we haven't even watched it once. Yeah, and I keep seeing these articles like, biggest premiere ever for for Hulu. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, horror community, everyone <laughs> in the horror community reacts to Prey. And we're just over here like in the middle of the woods watching Friday the 13th again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we are releasing Friday the 13th episodes for our Patreon fiends. So uh, go check those out if you're supporting us if or if you want to support us. That's at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Is that everything? I think that's kind of it. Did I we feel get like we're probably forgetting something, but goddamn. Yeah, it's been a very One busy... week since you... <laughs> yep. It's, it's been a busy week. We've been building furniture. We've been watching movies. We've been writing reviews. We've still got more of those to do. Fucking Popcorn Frights Festival's coming up. Fantastic I'm also trying to work on a screenplay. <laughs> we got dogs that constantly require attention. Dogs that keep shitting. <laughs> and there's a meteor shower going on right now. Yeah, actually, if you're listening to this, it is on the Thursday when it drops. It's the peak, so go fucking look outside. I think it's northeast. Toward Perseus. Stars are spooky, right? We can talk about stars. You might see a fucking alien. Yeah, or an alien, or just a, like a shooting star, and you can make a wish and be like, I wish horror movies were more plentiful, and there then we'll go. all reap the benefits. Are you ready to talk about Lake Mungo? Yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's talk about some more viral found footage, and let's get real sad and talk about death and stuff. Here's the trailer for Lake Mungo. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. The normally tranquil setting of Ararat's mountains Ten days after Ali's funeral, stuff started happening around the house. Sounds seemed to come from Ali's old room. They didn't really relent, so I thought, well, I'll just set up a camera to, you know, see anything. I looked back and there was footage of a figure moving across the hallway. The image was quite unsettling because it certainly looked like Alice. You want you to close your eyes? I usually uh, videotape my sessions. Something was happening inside that house and I wanted to find out what it was. We checked the tapes. There was a ghost in our house. Alice kept secrets. She kept the fact she kept secrets a secret. Something bad is going to happen to me. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. 
and it's getting closer. Lake Mungo is currently sitting at a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So Lake Mungo, we had both seen this previously, probably closer to when it had come out. I remember enjoying it, uh, but I didn't remember anything about the movie. Nope, don't remember a damn thing. Yeah, all I could remember was that photograph of the backyard with the girl in the corner and when describing it to you, I was like, yeah, John, we need to do that viral found footage movie. You know, the one with the ghost in the yard? And you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, the problem is my brain, I'm realizing now, is remembering Lake Bodum. And I don't think there's a ghost in that movie. I think there's maybe a ghost story. Or it's a serial killer story? Right, that's what it is. So there was a huge clash in my head about what the fuck we were about to watch. But hey, you know, we, we're the whole idea behind both of these episodes is that these movies have at one time gone viral on TikTok. Because they keep finding a younger audience. Like, there's a newer audience finds these movies. They make challenges out of them. I'm really kind of surprised that... This is a movie that has become a TikTok challenge. I think it's less about the subject matter and more about the format because found footage has this way of spreading through word of mouth and recommendation. And that's why there's always these little surges of these movies where it returns again because somebody will talk about it and it'll remind you and you'll go see it and then you talk about it. There's an extra level of realness to it, which... For um, a generation that's constantly trying to like up the ante and do the scariest thing or do the wildest thing or the weirdest thing or the most clickbaity thing, seeing a scary movie that feels real is a natural fit. Yeah, I, I guess because it also has uh, it's a mockumentary format, you could pretend that it's real. This movie has that going for it in that it it does feel real. I would put it up there with Ghost Watch in nailing that. Oh, yeah. That we're watching a program. I'm watching a History Channel one-hour ghost special when I watch Lake Mungo. And I don't know if I gave it that much credit the first time I watched it, mm. how well acted it is. Goddamn, right? Yes, like the parents, the dad especially, the, his awkward laughs and how, how he how he maneuvers around his family. And even in photographs, he's standing so awkwardly in the back of, <laughs> uh, of his, like standing with his, his family. It's so on point. Yeah, found footage actors don't get enough credit because it's a completely different style of performing and to make it look and feel real is 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 so far left field from left field. It's it's a hard left turn from actual performances in movies or on stage. Well, yeah, because not only are you filming these mock interview style things where, you know, like you're set up in your house in the most like interesting window wall whatever and you're looking off to the camera to the interviewer at the side of the camera in that classic interview format Mm -hmm. but then they're also filming reenactments of of family footage with the dead girl and this birthday and and dad's chasing alice around with a lobster and and things (laughs) like that and then there's also the family photographs like we're seeing a lot of still images as well so it's just like here we are at the cabin and there's layer upon layer upon layer of performance to make this feel real. Yeah, and uh, it really drives home what makes this movie so effective, which is also what makes it strange about it being an internet challenge, because it's not... 
It, it, it starts as being, ooh, scary, ghosts are real, and there's somebody in our house, and look what we're finding in these photographs. But it, you know, you know, it peels back some of those layers and becomes this sad existential story about reaching out from the afterlife and trying to communicate with people, even even while they're alive. Just the, the fact that you can't connect. connect. You can't communicate with somebody that is literally in the same room with you. There was a really wonderful moment of that when we are just talking to Grandma. Oh, really fuck, briefly, right? And Grandma's like planting in her garden in the most documentary way ever. <laughs> she talks about how she wasn't able to like give herself fully to her daughter and there are those moments where you're a parent and you, you're worried you're not doing enough for them or you're not enough for them or, or you're just not, show, like, you're you're not, not showing enough of yourself. You're not being vulnerable enough. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. And for her to see that of her daughter with her daughter's daughter with her granddaughter yeah it it hits you right, not even in the heart, but like low in the gut. But yeah. This movie is aiming for that low, stressful, anxiety feeling you get in your belly. Surely the Germans have a word for it. You know, that feeling you have at the end of your life when you know you've made an irreparable mistake that can't be fixed. I'm, I think I'm talking about ulcers, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, have okay. a, I have a horror ulcer. Yeah. Because uh, this movie is more eerie than it is scary. Like, if we're comparing the two films, Megan is Missing is a lot more conventionally scary. Oh, yeah. Both films, I would say, have very real-life messages to them or morals or take-home points. Sure. Thing uh, like uh, require or required reading, not required reading, <laughs> but like extra reading. Okay. Like the the feeling they leave you leave you with at the end. They both have that, but. Lake Mungo is so subtle. There are there are some scary moments. Like there's a lot of ghost photography and zooming in and replaying things and it is a very haunting movie, but apart from the imagery of Alice after they pull her out of the lake, there there's no no special effects beyond that, which I think makes it so wonderful. I don't think there's any CGI in the film. There's nothing added to it. This mm-hmm. is this is a ghost story that could be filmed with five people in a house, which is so fucking magical. I mean, you say could. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it's just five people in a house because <laughs> it, it's it's a lot of just uh, photographs that that zoom in on something further in the background. Well, and what's that you don't scary notice. is that we know the girl is dead, but. For filming purposes, they're just like, okay, Alice, go stand with a blank ex- yeah. <laughs> expression in the corner of this room. We're going to add some sound design underneath it. It's going to be real creepy. And like, Your I, fake parents are having a seance. Just stand there all eerie and don't make a sound. Yeah. I don't mean to be dismissive about it. It's It really fucking works. No, it's genius. It's amazing. It's it's great indie filmmaking because it costs nothing to do. Uh, and it's it's all done in post. So it's like there's craftsmanship to it. that And it, it really... Uh, it really rattles you when you watch it. Like the, you can feel the air getting sucked out of the room when you're when you're seeing these ghosts show up. Like it's slow and creeping, but uh, but it really really works. Yeah, and the film does kind of this reverse jump scare in that it tells you it's going to show you something scary. It shows you something scary, and then it stays there, and you just have to stare at it. So you're like, yeah. here's a ghost image that we captured, and then they show you the ghost image that they captured, and then they keep showing you the ghost image that they captured. But it's not like a scary face. It's not like, it's not like the, the girl in the closet and that in the ring, right? It's just, oh, here's our daughter who we want to talk to. She's in the room and it's kind of freaky. That's what was so interesting for me 
in the early parts of this film when they talk about it as a haunting and the weird feeling they would have because I don't think there was any point where they didn't think it was their daughter. But the fact that it was scary for everybody. Everybody was scared. Scared. Like no matter what, it's just like, oh, there's a fucking ghost in here. It's our it's our daughter, but it's a ghost. Yeah, and most often when you have, you know, people being haunted either in real life or in cinema and it's a family member, it's like, oh yeah, she keeps watch over me, you know, like sometimes she's a nuisance and she tips over my flower and spills it on the floor in the kitchen. But it's just her nature. You know what I mean? <laughs> but th- everybody is thoroughly creeped out by this dead girl still being about. Yeah. I think the thing that I found most interesting about this movie, this on this rewatch, I'm basically watching it for the first time. It builds all of that tension and all of that unease. It it makes it's making itself a scary movie. And then, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes in, it's like, oh, and and that's when we found out that our son was faking it all. And like every ghost we saw in a photograph or in a video was him doing trick photography or putting something in a mirror. So, you know, any any of the any of the feelings that you've had, like the the hairs that are standing up on the back of your neck are gone. That's such a bold fucking move to just be like, oh, and guess what? I'm just relieving you of all the tension that I've created in this movie. We're going back to square one, which which is kind of cool because if you're kind of freaked out, you get this like safe zone. Yeah, that, that, yeah, like I mean, the movie's like barely half done. You know, something else is gonna happen, but they have to rebuild from there. Uh, I thought that was super impressive. Yeah, it's very much like a roller coaster with a double hill. You know how normally when you're on a roller coaster, there's only one lift hill. You know, oh where, yeah, where, where you, you you hit that spot and you're like. Yes, where you're hooked up to the chain and you got to go all the way up and you're waiting. You're like, this ride's going to start soon. It's going to be dope. (laughs) This movie has a second lift hill. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. (laughs) It's fun because there's a portion of the film where we toy with the fact that this might not be a paranormal film at all. And we kind of turn onto this road where you're like, oh, fuck, is this true crime? Did this neighbor fucking kill this girl? Well, yeah, because the the daughter is like a straight up Laura Palmer character. Totally. Uh, this is a Laura Palmer scenario. Yeah. We are in a, this is a Laura Palmer alert. <laughs> <laughs> they find, they find videotapes wrapped in plastic. They find a diary. They find out that, you know, she's, well, they don't necessarily find out that she's and like she running drowned. cocaine. Yeah, she, she drowned. Damn, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> This is the Australian Laura Palmer. Oh. Well, and there's this eerie sense of foreboding that the character has, like this sense of doom. Okay, so I didn't even want to get into that. The fact that we have like her having dreams about the future that she's not currently living in and stuff. Like it is straight up like a fire walk with me, like, a mungo walk with me. <laughs> Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Damn, we got to do that moving the podcast sometime. Anyway. I fucking love that shit, though. I eat that Isn't shit Isn't that up. the best? Oh, you, there is n- you can never do too much foreboding outside of time. Death is coming for us all, but we all kind of, it, you'll feel it in your bones. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That is that is one of the, 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 I think that's maybe why I always enjoy David Lynch movies, because he really plays in that shit. Yeah, like he, he likes to fuck with time and like And just like the, the cosmic, <laughs> the cosmic sense that there, that there is something else happening and that you're tapping into it and, and you're kind of ignoring it. I mean, they're, they're doing all of that in this movie. Uh, I think it's on YouTube. There is an incredible short film that David Lynch made. I think it's with less. With a monkey. No, I'm kidding. With a monkey. No, it's, I think it's less than a minute long it's actually a silent film using a camera from the silent film era long story uh it's gonna take longer to explain this fucking short than it is to actually watch it just go to youtube it's called premonitions of an evil deed or premonitions following an evil deed but it's essentially like a girl dies and then the cops come to tell this woman that her daughter is dead but she knows about it 10 seconds before the doorbell rings. And like, I love that idea. I think we've talked about it before in movies where character, the final destination, where maybe you know you're about to die before you die, but you never have the opportunity to tell anybody. You don't get anybody. to cheat death. You know, well, you don't get to cheat death, and you never get to tell anybody that you experienced that. It's it's an experience that only you have. Like, um, spoiler alert for a movie from the 90s, if you want to skip ahead 15 seconds, or also a short film from the 1960s, if you want to skip ahead to another 15 seconds, 12 Monkeys, or Legette, like, he, his entire life is haunted by this movie. I haven't it- seen 12 Monkeys, so don't spoil this. Okay, fine. Well, now it's spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it with you. But I wasn't paying attention. I'll wait another 10 years before I show it to you. Anyway, the point is, he's haunted by this image of watching a guy die his entire life. And then at the end of the movie, he realizes that he's the person who dies, and he dies in front of himself as a child. Like, he literally watches himself die, and then grows oh, up. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, I know. And like, I, I'm fascinated with that idea. And they're, they're, they're kind of playing with that a little bit in Lake Mungo, is, is, is what I'm getting at. And... How do you ever explain that to anybody, especially somebody who's going through it, right? So while we're on tangents, I have one too. Yay, tangents! So not too long ago, we listened to a podcast. I don't know if you remember this story, but it's from uh, Snap Judgment has a podcast called Spooked. This is the scariest, creepiest, David Lynchiest thing ever. Yeah, and this is this is a very real podcast. You can go listen to this I'm going to see if I can find this episode while you're talking. Yeah, you find the title while I'm telling the story. So this it's it's a cop telling the story, and this is a very real kind of ghost story that he's relaying that happens. So one day while he was on the force, he gets a call, you know, like the old lady in town. 
is has called the police because there's a bird in her house and she can't get him out. And of course, you know, it's it's a small town, so he goes anyways and he goes to um help this woman get the bird out of her house and he does. He scares the bird out the front door and when he opens the door, the bird flies out and breaks its neck on a tree. Yeah, doesn't she say something about like a bird being in your house is bad luck? Or it's like a bad omen or something. Yeah. But then immediately afterwards she's like so so haunted and so pained and he's like what what what's so sorry i'm i'm sorry this bird died but i i got it out of your house and she's like no then when a when a bird dies doesn't it mean a loved one is dying it's, it's, oh, a, it's something it's we're, a lot of, we are ruining this story <laughs> it's a lot of superstitions like that but basically she believes this bird dying is an omen um that someone she loves is gonna die and literally later that day the cop is dealing with an accident it's a car accident what is it the car drives into a tree literally the exact same way that the bird died and he finds out that it's her son and he has to go back on the same shift to go tell that woman that her son has died and when he gets there back to her house he goes and he rings on the doorbell and he doesn't even have to tell her. She just closes the door in his face. Oh, man. Because she fucking knows already. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. But yeah, that ghost story has stuck with me since we heard it. And I like it's, it, it's, it, I'm just it, it's filed under those fucking inevitable possibilities that death is is one of those things that transcends our understanding of time and space. And yeah. it's the only thing that can knock us out of it. There, man, there is a great quote in this movie uh that's like death is a mean unstoppable machine i can't remember this is like it, it it'll it comes for us all and there's nothing you could do about it by the way heads up it's uh can't that that episode of spooked from snap judgment it's campfire tales eight uh it's a roman numeral so it's v111 oh it's it's such a good story but yeah listen to it when uh yeah, just listen to it. <laughs> L- listen to it real late at night when you're alone in like, the house and you're no... worried about where your kids are. <laughs> there's no good time to listen to it. No, it's pretty. We pretty always haunting. listen. We always listen to that podcast on the road and like before we go to bed when we're camped out at truck stops. The or absolute best time in the middle of fucking nowhere. This is also when we watched Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, the worst was the day that we watched an episode about a couple that gets killed in their RV. <laughs> that was fun at a truck stop where we were parked. <laughs> In not Ontario, that, Canada. Not that truck stop, but a truck stop maybe nearby. <laughs> yeah, if our life was a movie, that's the night we would have died, uh, right? Oh, God. And then the, the detectives would have found our, our fucking like, tablet, and they were like, wow, like that's kind of... they knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did not know. <laughs> no, we know nothing. Just like uh, just like all, all human beings, especially ones that are trying to communicate with ghosts. My favorite part in, like, Mungo that exemplifies this... People Weird. are gonna think that was a hard edit where I cut stuff out. Like you just immediately got back into the episode. You're welcome. I'm an expert at this. My favorite part in like Mungo, where this kind of eerie time loop happens, is early on in the film. The mom's talking about this recurring nightmare she has, where it's so scary that when she wakes up, she can't open her eyes. Yeah, and she starts going for walks at night to avoid going to bed. Yeah, like because that's how scary this fucking dream is. She, her daughter who, this is after she's died, 
walks into the room and she's soaking wet and she just stands at the end of their bed. She can kind of, even when she wakes up, she can still feel her there. And so she refuses to open her eyes. They end up seeing a a psychic who helps the mom kind of deal with her fears and her worries and stuff. And they do a lot of hypnosis. But we find out even later that the daughter was also going to the same psychic and was having- months before she died. Obviously, she wasn't going as a ghost, (laughs) John. (laughs) She makes an appointment. (laughs) Anyway. Confirmed. Haunting. (laughs) Yeah. But the daughter was having the reverse dream. Yeah, where she's walking down the hallway to her mother's room and she's standing at the foot of their bed. But she's she's in this weird state of existence. Like, that's the most scary thing for her is that she feels something off and wrong about her body. out of place. She doesn't know she's dead. She doesn't know. I don't, I think maybe she mentioned that she was wet, but it's not like she knows that her face is deformed uh, or that she's drowned, but they get, there is this strong sense that something is wrong. Like she's just filled with dread and she doesn't know why. And I, I guess the idea would be, if I was having that fucking dream, I would think that I was going to my parents' room because something scared me. Like or I had a I was, nightmare and I, yeah, I just or needed, I, I just to needed help. Yeah. yeah. Man, that is so fucking rough. At the end of the movie, they intercut those two interviews, and you're you're basically hearing the exact same story from both sides, and it's so fucking hurtful. I don't know. Like it just it just makes me sad. It is sad because the you get the feeling from the the point point of view of the living that kind of everything's calm now, and um, maybe that Alice just wanted them to know her story or know more about her or what was going on or kind of her state of mind before she passed away but then when you have the both of their stories laid on top of each other Alice is still there yeah and it's very very sad yeah it's it's almost like you would like the narrative of a ghost story is that you need to learn about the ghost and hear what they have to say and essentially release their spirit um and then you know everything's happy and she and like they even say in the movie that they they really felt like a family again and they were they were hanging out and having dinners and eventually they moved away but as you go back through these photos, it's revealed that Alice is still in the house and she's she's with them at birthday parties and she's in the window watching them leave because they take a photograph before they move. And it's just like, fuck, this is some like horrible, uh, like haunting of Hill House shit. But maybe what it's about is isn't releasing the spirit so that it can move on. But I think it's releasing the spirit in, in that you're you've the spirit has come to a point where they understand that you're going to leave them. Like there's a calmness in the fact that they're coming to terms with the fact that they're, they are a ghost and that they're going to exist alone forever. Oh, that's see, there's uh, not to ruin your night, but is that not a narrative that the living ascribe? Like that's just a comforting thing to say. Like, Oh, you know, she like, we needed to accept the fact that she was gone. She needs to understand that she's no longer with us. Like, what if she's just stuck in that fucking house forever? But I think she is. I think that's what's so fucking twisted about it. But you, you go to this place of just eternal melancholy. Like there's no more anger or fear about it. It's just, it's just switching over that. And I think, the anger is what gives the the ghost like the the power of being able to be seen in footage, in film, in photographs and stuff. And that dims as the spirit becomes more melancholy and comes to this endless gloomy terms oh, man. that they're going to be there forever. Kind of like a ghost story. Yeah, where that's the exactly ghost, what I was thinking The about. ghost just continues on and on and on and everything becomes a time lapse, which Lake Mungo has a lot of. So I'm glad you said that because... 
Lake Mungo is not where she dies. No. No, she it's I think Lake Withers or something like that. Or? They call it the dam. Okay, so it's like so a, just... an artificial lake. Okay, yeah. So it's it's just a, a man-made lake where people go. Uh, Withers is the name of a guy who takes a photograph where we find, where we think we see her in the background, but it's later revealed to be her brother. Um, lake Mungo is where she, it's an empty, it's a crater, right? It's a crater mm-hmm. lake. It's where she goes on a school trip. And it's where it seemed inconsequential at the time, but it, it's where she went and lost her phone. And I, I remember them saying that she like came back from the trip and was like really weird or anything. But some footage comes out from one of the girls that was at the trip with. Yeah, this her. is one of my only issues with the film is that so much of the movie, like at least the order of events re- relies on seeing things in footage that was there a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like like the the neighbor guy who's taking the photo who had the girl in it but then there were other people who took a photo who had who had the aftermath of that moment and it ended up being the brother and like that was all great but then we do it again with this school trip where the girls in school are taking a video and then we see Alice in the background burying something. Yeah, well I think it's just it took a long time for the parents to see that footage because like when you when you watch it on its face it doesn't really seem like anything. Like we do see that the girls are drinking and, you know, somebody gets spooked at some point, but they're out in the middle of the fucking darkness. Yeah, they're just fucking around. Yeah, it's just it's the fact that they have these questions about their daughter and they keep finding stuff that she's left behind. They, like, like the videotape of her having sex with the neighbors. I, I say having sex, but in reality, like, who knows what that fucking situation was like. Those people fucking skipped town and disappeared immediately. They were probably taking advantage of her. She's dead. Like, she is 100% like a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, her, it, her is- diary being hidden in a way so like when they see her daughter burying something they're gonna go like well maybe that's something else we gotta look for okay i know pin on the burying stuff the whole neighbor thing seems so inconsequential to the movie and but also seems so fucking important because when it comes up you're like oh they fucking killed her but then it's not that at all yeah. You could almost cut that out entirely. I think I think you you could if you wanted to, but it really helps drive home that they don't know each other. Yeah, and that she was a girl with secrets. Yeah, and she was a girl who kept her secrets secret. Very Laura Palmer of her, right? <laughs> Without the Lake Mungo moment of the movie though, I don't think it fully tips into horror. Yeah. Like that's what like it would just be a very sad ghost Eerie. drama. Yes. Uh like an incredible ghost drama, but but not quite a horror movie because we still like we've we've completely ditched the idea that what we're seeing is ghosts. It you know, we're we're just haunted by the memory of our daughter. But when we go when they find her fo- phone that she has buried out in Lake Mungo, uh, along with a few other a few other items, they find a video she's taken. It's it looks it's crystal clear quality that we all remember <laughs> from flip phones. From an old flip Nokia. Or, or yeah, it was like a Blackberry curve or something, right? <laughs> it's her out in the darkness and a figure is walking toward her and then we realize that it's this fucking gnarly face of her own dead body like she meets herself out there for a minute I almost thought that like that that doppelganger of hers killed her and then returned and went home 
And they're just eternally fighting for the body. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what they were actually going to find out there. Can you imagine if they found a second body? Yeah, at first I thought she was looking in water because the footage was so oh, bad. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, she's, she's a drowned girl. And I thought she was seeing the dead body as her reflection. But That'd then when you realize that it's a crater lake, you're like, well, maybe there, maybe the film grain becomes the water. And so it's like, that's the lake, the footage. Like, Man, it's, it's, a, it's actually kind of awesome that this happens in a crater lake where there isn't any water. Uh, I don't know. Something about that seems so great. Like through a mirror kind of thing. This like yeah. through a looking glass through, that's, yes, exactly. mirror of what of what happens. Yeah, it's so so essentially she's been haunted by her own ghost. Yeah, by her own death. I think they 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 say that it was her own future coming out to meet her. I think is what they said, which is terrifying. Man, it's it's so what, what's really interesting about that stuff too is that she never talks to anybody about any of it. Like that's a fucking horrifying thing. I guess yeah. like where do, where do you start? How do you tell people this? How do you like we you start talking about the dreams and then you start talking about the weird shit that happened and like how do you prove that no one's going to believe you? But the the real the, the question that would gnaw at me constantly if I was her parents is that, you know, if she had have talked about that would it have happened at all? Like, is the fact that we kept it a secret the reason she died? I think that's kind of what's so romantically melancholic about it though is that she still goes to the dam she still goes in the water well i don't i don't think the ghost was just like on december 12th i know go to the dam (laughs) but like she didn't change her habits or change because it's almost like she knows she's on the train and there's nothing she can do to stop it no matter who she tells she's already like that's and and i think her leaving her favorite bracelet and her watch behind is kind of her saying that like Okay, well, I'm gonna. It's a time capsule. I'm. Yeah. I. I'm dead. I don't need these anymore. <laughs> yeah. She's burying herself more or less. She knows. She knows it's over. And maybe it's also just so that way when her parents find it, they know it's hers. I guess. But like, isn't that all just such a darkly poetic metaphor about life? You know, and, and and about tragedy that befalls some people, like the the fact that if this was just a story about a girl who was uh, sexually assaulted and committed suicide, you would say like, well, if she had have talked to us about it, then she wouldn't have been alone and suffering about it, or or we could have gone to the police and gotten justice for her and and helped her along this road where she wouldn't have met such a tragic end. Like Laura Palmer! Like fucking Laura Palmer! <laughs> but, you know, you add a paranormal aspect to it, like Laura Palmer, and it, it becomes a completely <laughs> Was it a paranormal? Story. It was like a supernormal. <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on in Twin Peaks, and we don't have time. <laughs> the log knew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's yeah, just the idea that if 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 we don't share our life with people, then people don't know who we are. Like and we, you're a ghost already. Oh man, right? Like it's it's a very subtle adult movie. Like it really deals with shit that you don't fully understand until you've got regrets or you've made mistakes or, or you've you're lost dealing with people. grief. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a really great horror movie about grieving. Like. I I thought I was going to have a hard time watching it this time. Yeah. 
And these are my favorite, my favorite kind of movies. These yep. are my favorite things. But obviously, like, I'm going through some stuff now. And I thought it was going to be really hard for me. And I think I liked it more. Oh, yeah. Well, it gives you, you've got, you've got a little more context for it. And that that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, about how I, I was surprised that this was a movie that, you know, maybe went viral on TikTok with, I assume, a younger audience. It doesn't feel like the kind of movie that kids would eat up. Something like Megan is Missing is is dark. And is at the very least, there's... there's there's kids that are their age group on there, I but guess. Don't you, but don't you remember being like 18, 19? Oh, and nihilistic just, as fuck. <laughs> well, just trying to find the things that would make you feel something and like going to the edge of that cliff of feeling and thinking and pondering. This would have been such a fucking kryptonite for me. Well, that's probably also I why we saw it I would have watched it every day and been like, guys, we gotta talk about death. Well, that's the 100%, right? That's the teenage experience. It's just like, why are we talking about this shit? I think, like, we've talked about it in the podcast before. Like, that's why teenagers rebel. Because they're just like, why does nobody want to discuss the fact with me that we're all going to die <laughs> and I wasn't consulted about it? Yeah, as a kid, you're just trying to find the long enough crayon to stick in your ear and scratch that, <laughs> that part in the dark recesses of your brain to, like, tickle it and wake it up a little bit. What color would you use? <laughs> Black. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to, right? And you'd feel like you, you, if you were a ghost standing over your own body, you'd be like, I mean, it's a little cliche, but, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. This stimulates, a, I think, a pattern of thought that, that's existential and that you'll never have an answer for. Like, this is this is stuff that we've been debating as humans forever and ever and ever, and we're going to continue to. That's, because That's why it's eternally fascinating. <laughs> we don't get to cross that river of consciousness and come back and talk about it. And that's that's kind of exactly what the character Ray is, the, the psychiatrist in the movie, too. Cause he's not a psychiatrist. He's why did a I say that? Why did I he say that? He's a psychic. I'm like, he's got the answers. It's something that starts with a P. Who knows? <laughs> I loved him as a psychic. He, he was, was a psychic that like I would totally go for flapjacks with. Yeah, <laughs> flapjacks. Well, the other thing is that he's just like, I don't fucking know. You don't know. Who knows? Like, that's his thing. He's not just like, I have the answers and I can help you get them. He's just like, hey, none of us have the answers. Let's just live in the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a darker movie than I remember it being. And maybe it's just because we're a little bit older now that we're, we're watching it now. Who knows? But uh, it is... An effective movie? It affected me, is, is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think it's, if it wasn't already, it's going on the top fan footage list for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is one that I am probably going to be recommending from here on out. Agreed. And I, I you know, to to the film's credit, like I've seen, and, well, and to the horror audience's credit, I guess, like I've seen it pop up on lists like, oh, you want like best fan footage movies, best mockumentaries? You got to check this one out. You want to fuck yourself up? <laughs> and I, I was just like, I remember liking that, but I don't remember it being like greatest movie of all time material. I was wrong. My memory, fallible. Yep. Totally fallible. <laughs> yeah. What a great movie. Yeah. What's, uh, how you rating this one? Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of four. Right on. Yeah. That's it, solid rating. <laughs> it, I told you, it's giving me an ulcer <laughs> or affecting the ulcer I already have. <laughs> I'm giving it a 3.5. Uh, I think it's uh, incredibly well made and effective. I think I just wanted it to, I don't know, like I, I felt like, who fuck, I'm not going to sit here and say like why, but like, yeah, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's fucking incredible. 3.5 out of 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a blast. I'm really happy we did this fucking episode because it has been, a, one, a while since we've done fan footage on the podcast, yeah. but two, a while since we've revisited movies that I didn't quite remember or yeah. give credence to the first time I watched them. Hell yeah. And- I have a new favorite movie now. Yeah, honestly, 
a great double bill because Megan is missing. We had to watch like a dumb comedy after that movie, and it we're was late. Like, like we should have gone to bed, but we were like, need to keep, yeah. need to up the spirits. You're like I need a fucking <laughs> laugh. I actually think. I mean, I still suggest that like triple bill this movie. Like Megan is missing, and then just like a few episodes of a dumb show that you really like, and then watch this one. But like they go really, they they go hand in hand. Um, this is, this is, I'm, I'm proud of this double bill. <laughs> Congratulations, Kim. Thank you so much for putting this together. This was all you. Yeah. What a downer birthday episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Let us know what you thought of both the films, Megan is Missing and Lake Mungo and your favorite found footage films. If you've got some really moody, melancholic movies that you think we haven't seen yet, found footage or otherwise, it doesn't have to be found footage, but anything that uh, that tickles that brain with the crayon, <laughs> <laughs> tweet at us at NOFS Podcast or find us in our Discord server at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Nightmare on Film Street is a free podcast. Always has been, always will be, and that's made possible by the generous support of our patrons. Right now, Fiend Club supporters can enjoy the Midnight at Camp Blood podcast series. We recently wrapped our franchise review of every movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and we are doing the exact same thing right now for the Friday the 13th franchise. We just released the first episode last week. This week, we'll be putting out part two, and we'll be putting them out every Friday until we've reviewed every movie. We're doing the remake. <laughs> Don't think we're skipping the remake. The remake's pretty okay. And Freddy vs. Jason again. We're doing it again. Uh, so you can enjoy those bonus episodes and all of the bonus content in exchange for supporting the show over at nofspodcast.com slash club. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Thank <laughs> you.